Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Merry Christmas, man. Merry Christmas, man. Yeah, good. <laughs> Perfect. I love it. I miss you, I miss you, man. Do I miss you, I miss you, man. I miss you, I miss you. I wish we'd been able to get a Christmas uh, theme song this year, but maybe next year we'll get on to that. We've already asked much, too much of Mark, I think. Oh, you know, it's, it could be his Christmas present to us. Yeah. It could have been. Maybe we should get on to that. Get some jingles, get some sleigh bells in there. Yeah, bloody oath. Hmm. Well, guess what? It's Christmas. Hey! Happiest time of year. Arguably. Well, what's happier? What do you reckon? My birthday. <laughs> For me personally. For you personally. Yeah. But isn't it happy when everyone's happy around Christmas? Yeah. All right, I guess. But for you, your birthday's a bit better. Yeah, well, you know how it is. But, you know, everyone being happy is nice too. It's a nice little consolation. I guess so. Well, by the way, my name's Lonnie. I'm here with Dylan. We are recording an episode of I Miss You, Man. It's a Christmas special. Yeah, jingle, 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 Merry Christmas, yeah. And you, you do like Christmas, don't you, Dylan? You're, I remember you being a big Christmas fan back in the day. I love Christmas. Uh, personal story, remember when I got the Christmas decorations uh, set back up in town? <laughs> I, I remember you suggesting it. Didn't you suggest it to a councillor or something? Yeah, I did. There was this councillor <laughs> just uh, came up to me in a car park and I was paying for the ticket. <laughs> And he's just like, hi, oh, I'm, I'm what's his name? I didn't care about his name. Yeah. And he's like, uh, I'm running for, I don't know, Toowoomba office or something like that. Mm. And he's like, is there anything you want done around town? And I was like, more decorations at Christmas, please. Mm-hmm. And he's like, all right, I'll like that. <laughs> and then, lo and behold, that Christmas, we got decorations and have had decorations since. So, so you, before that, there were no decorations, is that what you're saying? I think for a few years there weren't. Yeah. Okay, right, and you've you've made it a priority, and now we call it Dylan Miss in Toowoomba. We do. We do. <laughs> well, welcome, <laughs> Now this year for Christmas, we've decided to uh, look at some very interesting and special Christmas episodes of TV. Now I'm going to talk about uh, the first three Christmas specials of Community. Uh, that'll come up soon. But first, Dylan took me through. The Christmas special of Justice League. Yeah, so in the tradition of Christmas, you know, we uh, we watched uh, these episodes together, like in person. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, just togetherness all around, I feel. Uh, including this episode, it's a together episode. Yeah, tell, me, tell me a bit about this um, Justice League cartoon, Dylan, because I haven't really seen any of it before. Well, uh, from the creators of Batman the Animated Series and Superman the Animated Series, mainly Bruce Timm, mm-hmm. for those who are in the know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's got a big hand in uh, revitalising DC, and he's a major player at DC mm-hmm. on and off over the years. Um, so this particular episode was written by the great Paul Dini. 
Right. So he's he's done a lot of the cartoons and games and stuff as well, hasn't he? Well, that's the thing, yeah. Um, he had a big hand, particularly in Batman, the animated series. Mm. Um, he's basically a co-creator. Really. Mm-hmm. Um, he penned all the best episodes, pretty much. He penned Heart of Ice, which reimagined mm. Mr. Freeze as a, a tragic figure in his origins. Mm-hmm. I think that won the Emmy as well. That's right. And did and these blokes created Harley Quinn, didn't they? Yeah, him and Bruce Tim co-created mm. Harley Quinn. And, you know, what more needs to be said? Their yeah. impact in pop culture is quite evident at this mm-hmm. point, I would mm-hmm. say. As you said, Hand in the Games, he wrote the first two Arkham games, mm. Asylum and City, which I think are the best ones, personally. Mm-hmm. And uh, he also, this is just a little tidbit, he wrote my personal favourite episode of Batman the Animated Series, which has almost got him, which has Batman's villains playing cards and uh, swapping stories of how they each almost killed Batman. Very, oh. very fun stuff. Okay, so... He's, he's got the form in this area. Yeah, all this to say, we're in the hands of greatness this episode, Lonnie. <laughs> yeah. And this this show was like early 2000s, is that right? Yeah, I think uh, early noughties. Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. Um, I think they had, uh, it came after Superman, the animated series, and it was after Batman Beyond as well. Right. They did that also. This is like the fourth one for Bruce Tim. And uh, yeah, just great stuff. I mean overview of the justice league we have in this show for those who don't know we've got superman batman wonder woman classic mm-hmm. can't go wrong yep we have green lantern we however we have john stewart green lantern mm. which is an interesting choice no hal jordan who's the, the regular or the, the most famous i should say no he doesn't even pop up at all in the show <laughs> don't even mention him Actually, no, he does pop up once. There's yeah. like some time distortion going on. Oh. And then John Stewart morphs into Hal Jordan for like two seconds. <laughs> so that was a bit funny. Fair enough. Yeah. And um, who else you got? Martian Manhunter, yep. mainstay of the mm-hmm. Justice League for a mm-hmm. long time. Flash, uh, Wally West Flash, though, not Barry Allen. Oh, is he Wally, is he? Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. Only because I think at that time it was... Barry Allen was dead at that point <laughs> in the comics. Fair and it was Wally West, so they just made it easier. But really, it doesn't matter, right? It's yeah, just it's, the Flash. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Hawkgirl. Sure. Right. Yeah, okay. Why not? So, and she's from a different planet, is that right? Yeah, Themis... No, Themyscira is Wonder Woman. Mm. What's she from? She mentions it in the episode. Yeah, I can't remember at this point. I'm pissed now. Oh, Themis- sorry. So I've stumped you. mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> It starts with a T. I know that. Okay. Anyway, um, so that's the team we're dealing with. Now, this episode, I believe it's season two, episode 23, titled Comfort and Joy. Oof. And, uh, yeah, I overall, we'll start with overall thoughts before we do a bit of a dive into it. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> and we'll, we'll get into spoilers as well. So if you haven't seen it and want to watch it, get around to it. Um, but, yes, I love it too. That's good, that's good, because we made a note, because we did watch it in person, as we said, <laughs> but we specifically said, do not talk about it to each other, save for the pod. That's right, we just turned to each other nodded after the episode. I think we said good stuff. Good that's stuff, it. that's all we, we, so we had an idea, we liked it, but, you know, um, it, 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 it's good, it is good stuff. It's great stuff. I stand by my claim. <laughs> Very nice. Now... So you loved it. That's good, because mm-hmm. I also love it. That's nearly my favourite episode of this whole series, I think. Wow. Only because I'm a Christmas shill, you know. <laughs> you sure are. Uh, I've got a few notes. Do you want me to get into them, or do you have some tidbits you want to give me first? Uh, 
Do you, well, do you want to do an overview of the episode first, just a little plot? Yeah, that, that's a good idea, yes. Okay. Well, we have some League members, after saving a planet of little helpless aliens, um, <laughs> they basically just go all do their own thing for Christmas, with some pairing off and Flash going on his own. And uh, what I liked about that is it's interesting to see the Justice League uh, do something that's not just an alien invasion. They're off doing another mission, helping people, which... Um, I'm, I'm sure that there's not alien invasions every episode of the series. I haven't seen much of the series, but um, no, not generally. No. But like in the movies and other things I've seen, it's just like, oh, here's um, Darkseid. The Justice League have to fight him off, but it's cool in this that they've actually, yeah, they've got a job and they're doing it and helping other people. And and in, in this episode, they get some downtime, which is interesting to see. Yeah, which is uh, I, I love this uh, superhero slice of life stuff. Mm. You know what I mean? I just love superheroes doing low stake stuff on occasion, as this was, mm. and just going about their everyday lives. But they just happen to possess these powers. Just a day in the life. I love it. That's right. Treating them as real characters, not just um, people who punch baddies and whatever. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Exactly. It's good to see them as as people. Exactly right. Yeah. Um, and so what do they do, Dylan? We've got sort of three groups in the episode. Yeah, so we're basically following three plots hmm. throughout the episode. So we got um, Superman and Martian Manhunter pair off mm-hmm. because uh, Martian Manhunter doesn't really know about Christmas. He says it doesn't have any meaning for him and Superman's oh. like, oh, oh buddy. We're going to have to change that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My man. <laughs> um, then we have Hawkgirl and Green Lantern pair off, which is natural for this series because uh, they're a bit of a love interest throughout this series. Yeah. So it makes sense. Uh, and then Flash just goes goes off and does his own thing. Does Flash things. Orphans in Central <laughs> City. Good um, Now, no Batman and Wonder Woman in this mm-hmm. episode. Mm. Um, so... Uh, Superman says at one point that Batman practically begged to do monitor duty on the watch out <laughs> by himself, which... Well, it's probably tough for Batman. He hasn't got any family. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, also keeps in line with the character. Classic yes. Batman. Good stuff. Uh, Wonder Woman, don't have an explanation for her, but uh, yeah. Yeah, that's fine. I guess someone has to be out there saving the world while everyone else is on Christmas leave. So I guess so. Maybe she gets her, her rec leave a few weeks later sort of thing. Yeah, maybe she mm. drew the short straw. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, um, so we'll go through the stories. We'll start with Hawkgirl and Green Lantern because I personally feel, not that it's bad, but it's I found it the least entertaining part of the episode. I would agree with that. It wasn't my favourite. And what I feel like, and maybe you can enlighten me on this, is mm. that it didn't quite feel finished. And does it get finished or explored more about their relationship in later episodes? It does. It does, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, this is basically just a stepping stone of, uh, yeah. you know, another moment in their love history. So you know? first up, Green Lantern is um, showing her some Christmas things she likes to do, sort of throwing snowballs and making um, snow angels and sort of just gallivanting around in the woods. Yeah, snowing, <laughs> snowboarding, sort of yeah. Yeah, and then she's like, well, I'll show you what I do when I want to celebrate and takes him back to... Is it her home planet or just a, a planet out in the solar system? With No, just a planet that mm. celebrates in a similar way. Um, yeah, and her, her idea of celebrating is going and starting a, a, a pub brawl. Thanagar. I think that's her Thanagar. planet's name, ah, honey. That makes sense. I think. Okay. I, th- I hope I'm right. <laughs> I really do. No, I'm right. Cool. Beautiful. Oh, good. Good work. <laughs> just Googled it. Had to. Had to. Um, yeah, but uh, it starts off strong with... Mm. Uh, Green Lantern showing her about, you know, the mm. joys of snow and everything like that. They have a little, 
little cute little snowball fight. Yeah, know? that is cute. But yeah, I mean, her part of it, yeah, she basically just goes there and starts a bar brawl. And the impression I got was that Green Lantern wasn't like as keen about it all. It's kind of against his will, wasn't it? <laughs> and, and then <laughs> at the end, they're all everyone's enjoying the fight. It's like a more, it's a consensual sort of. Oh, everyone's yeah. getting into it, and they all sort of fall into each other and have a sleep. Like they have a little nap together afterwards because they're pumped. They're um exhausted after their yeah. <laughs> after their brawl. But it kind of felt like it was setting up that he was going to be like, oh, maybe we shouldn't do this. This is weird. And then they were going to have a fight over it, but it just sort of ended. Um, so that kind yeah. of felt unfulfilled in some ways to me. Yeah. Her part also wasn't very Christmassy. That's probably why I have the worst. Uh, mm, true. Probably why I think it's the worst part. But, uh, you know, anyway, here's what it is. It's, it's a bit of fun. Yeah. It's not as good as the others, but the others are really good. So it's, yeah. Yeah. Different strokes for different folks and bird aliens. Am I right, Morning? <laughs> I love that phrase. <laughs> <laughs> only works in one context and it's this one uh, Flash though that's a pretty good storyline oh, I love Flash's portion so he, as I said goes to the orphanage um, says he's going to bring him a present what do they all want and what do they want Lonnie <laughs> they want this um, toy duck that, that farts is that... <laughs> yes DJ rubber ducky <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> Uh, you loved that when I first came. <laughs> I saw you laughing. I had a good time with him. So he's kind of a he's a, a toy, and he's a toy everyone wants this year sort of scenario, right? Yeah, just a, a cool hip duck and like a, a little jacket, a backwards cap, <laughs> and what's sunnies. Good, and what's yeah. good about him is that all the kids they just want one everyone to play with. They don't want their own individually. Yeah, they want one to share one because they're orphans. Lovely. Yeah, they're lovely, lovely little kids. Um, but yeah, all he does is make fart noises pretty much, <laughs> <laughs> which is fine. They're kids. Yeah. That's, you know, different strokes for different kids who like fart noising. <laughs> Dunk, <laughs> duck. <laughs> that's it. That's that, it. That other phrase we both love. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, Flash, a little bit of a, uh, homage to Jingle All The Way, I feel. He's having a bit of trouble mm. coming across this, uh, this toy, uh, goes to all the stores in Central City, all sold out and everything. He's, he's made that classic faux pas of promising something he can't oh. actually follow through with. Flash. Luckily, though, he's got superpowers. So what's he do, Dylan? Well, he says that he's going to go directly to the source. And yep. I love this little joke. Mm. You think he's going to go to the North Pole to Santa, but he mm. just goes to Japan. <laughs> Where it's made. <laughs> yeah. yeah, which is classic. He gets, he, he gets the last one out of the factory. <laughs> yeah, like how short-stocked are they? Yeah. The factory itself only has one left. I know. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, anyway, he gets the toy, which is good stuff. We're happy. Mm -hmm. Orphans are going to be cheering. Yay, yay, yay. Whee! Uh, on his way back, though, a little bit trouble, Lonnie. Yes. Uh, I think a museum, or an art museum, rather, mm. is being demolished, basically, by mm -hmm. the ultra-humanite. Oh, bloody hell. Now, for those of you who don't know the ultra-humanite, what are you doing? <laughs> Living under a rock, well, I guess. that was me yesterday, so... <laughs> Um, he's basically this super smart guy that transferred his consciousness into an albino gorilla. Um, so he's just a big, smart gorilla, pretty so much. Why do very, you do... very sophisticated. He is. He's very like a like a gentleman sort of criminal in that sense. Oh, very much. Um, very much. Why did he do that though? Why did he put his his mind into a monkey? Well, I believe. Uh, because he kept transferring into different humans to start with, oh. uh, and they just couldn't handle. Uh, his mind in their bodies for a right. long time, whereas this gorilla could, for whatever reason. So. Okay. And it also, I guess, it gives him 
more strength and whatever. As oh, a, yeah, always practically, helpful yeah, when yeah. going up against superheroes and that, for mm, sure. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, and then they, they have a little tussle, and oh. uh, God damn it, Lonnie. What Flash happens? punches Ultra Humanite, <laughs> and he falls on DJ Rubber Ducky and breaks him. No. Awful. Awful stuff. But uh, Ultra Humanite, he's not fast. He's like, well, why would you give that to kids? It's stupid. Hmm. It's just duck the farts. That's <laughs> that's not going to help them in any way. Says, says the monkey. <laughs> the super smart monkey. Okay, sure. <laughs> but Flash is like, oh, come on, mate. It's Christmas, you know. Hmm. Haven't you ever wanted something so bad? And he's like, hmm, okay. Knocks out Flash. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, then... Uh, it turns out that Ultra Humanite's uh, Flash's words got to him a mm, little bit. Mm. And so he declares a truce and he says he's going to fix up the toy with improvements. Ooh. Hello. Uh, and then they both go to deliver it to the, the parentless children. And what's what's great about that is that <laughs> Flash comes in and he's got a little um, Santa costume-ish. So he's got a beard at least and the hat maybe. Yeah, beard and hat, yeah. Yeah, and then he also he brings along the supervillain and also gets him to dress up. <laughs> In a top hat? <laughs> uh, it's just classic Flash. I think he calls him Freaky the Snowman. <laughs> That's right. Because, like, they're still... Like opponents, <laughs> combatants, but they're still oh, yeah. they've combined for Christmas, and that's what else do you, can you do around Christmas time? You know. Oh, it's beautiful stuff, and then yeah, they deliver the toy, and uh, <laughs> it's very different. It basically lights up, and it's uh, it just tells the story of the Nutcracker in great detail. And at first, the kids are like, "Where are the farts? Come on, mate!" Mm. But then they become enthralled in the story. They do. I think they'll think it's better in a way. I've got a quick question about that, Dylan. Yeah. First of all, I love it. Don't get me wrong. Beautiful. Did how long did it take um, Ultra Humanite to record the whole <laughs> Nutcracker book, or did he have it already on hand? He already recorded it and just put it in. I don't know. Um, yeah. You know, how long does the Nutcracker go for? It's probably. It's a. I assume it's a pretty long book. Oh yeah. But I guess he's super smart. He's probably found out a way to do it quickly. Yeah. Let's yeah, say that. Yeah. He's smart. <laughs> he's smart enough. So yeah. Cool. The point is he brought joy to kids whilst also mm-hmm. bringing them culture. And the best part, I think, though, is that mm-hmm. he, he loves it. Turns to Flash is like, okay, you can take me to prison now. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, he knows. He just he accepted knows. it and he's like, all right, Flash has got me. Um, even though I could knock him out again and run away, <laughs> clearly. No, I'll, go to, I'll, go to, I'll go to jail as a good yeah. boy. Yeah, let's just go to jail. Why yeah. not? Yeah. Uh, takes him to jail. And Flash has a little surprise for the Ultra Humanite, Lonnie. Mm. He's got him a, a little Christmas tree. A little Christmas tree. And then that touches the Ultra Humanite a little mm-hmm. bit. Doesn't show it, but uh, you can tell. And there's the Flash has that good line about if you make these kids have a good Christmas, they'll pass it on in the future, that sort of... I, I've, I've butchered the line a bit there, but the idea is the Christmas spirit exists and if you do good things around Christmas and that feeds on and pays it forward to other people. And I think maybe the ultra humanite sort of learned that lesson during the episode. Yeah. Well, he says himself, he's like, he welcomes any opportunity to bring culture to mm. the uncorrupted, which fair enough. It's actually All a really good line for a kid's cartoon. isn't it? <laughs> well, it brings culture. Yeah, on, no, it's good. I like yeah. that. But uh, yeah. And that's, uh, that's a beautiful part of the episode. Second best part. Some would say, well, what's the best part, Dylan? Come on, it's Superman. 
Um, so as I said, he takes Marshall Manhunter. He takes him home to Smallville to his parents' house mm. to show him how great Christmas can be. Mm-hmm. Superman's great in this episode, Lonnie. It's one of the best Supermans I've seen. You know, <laughs> he's great in the show as a whole. But mm. um, now I know you know this. Batman's my number one favorite superhero. Mm-hmm. But Superman's my number two. I don't know yeah. if you knew that. I, I didn't know that, but I, I know you like Superman, so do I. And I feel like he's got a bit of a, a bad run recently in pop culture. Yeah. yeah, a lot of people just think he's overpowered and boring, which, come on, that's rough. He's cool. And what I think something maybe the movies have missed in recent times is that he's not the best superhero out there because he's got the best powers. It's because he's the best bloke. Yeah, he's the best guy ever. Yeah. And that's the... the um, really amazing thing about him is that he happens to hold all those American values true or, you know, human values true that about loving each other and doing the right thing and truth, justice and all, all that. Yeah. And you would argue that the the main reason for that is because he happened to fall into the hands of uh, Ma and Pa Kent. Exactly. His, his um, childhood and upbringing, he happened to be raised by the, the greatest people around. Yeah. You would argue that if he went literally anywhere else... Uh, mm-hmm he probably wouldn't have turned out to be a Superman. He probably would have been a, a bit of a bad dude, but he just happened to fall into the two nicest people in America. Exactly right. And then that's the thing I think is interesting about him is how does he stay good and how can he um, be be confronted with so much evil in his life but still remain as as that perfect ideal. Yeah, makes for a very interesting character. And to be fair, it's not always done very well. But um, there, all that potential is there for the character and, and, it, and it is shown in this episode, for sure. Absolutely. Um, I was going to say, he's in my number two, but if there's anything that is going to give him a chance at taking over Batman as my fave, mm. it's the fact that he loves Christmas. <laughs> it's true. He's probably going to tell the, the Smallville counsellors to put up more Christmas decorations, he isn't would. he? <laughs> he would. Uh, and also still believes in Santa. <laughs> Maybe. Adorable. <laughs> Because he's a good bloke. Yeah, because there's that that line that uh, Pa says that they used to wrap his presents in lead. Yeah, which is great stuff. And then he's like, mm, "You mean Santa did?" <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, "Oh yeah, sorry, son. Yeah, Santa did." Uh, and this is Superman who's like fought Darkseid. Yeah, in a relationship with Lois by this point, I'm pretty sure. Like, well, you know, what was he? I don't know. Well, I would argue that because he's been exposed to the the mystical and the unbelievable, that's more of a reason to believe in Santa, Lonnie. True. It's true. Like, why would you not believe in, in Santa when you've been yeah, confronted with the yeah literal evil yeah. <laughs> evil aliens every day of the week? Yeah. Why okay. would you not believe a guy that can deliver presents all around the world in one night when you could probably do it yourself? Yeah. And you're friends with someone who could do it as well yeah, in the exactly. flash. Exactly. And he just thinks it's common stuff. It's a great line, though. I've seen that line on that those screen grabs in a sort of meme format online about Superman saying, you mean Santa wrapped the presents? Because <laughs> it's just classic, and that's what Superman should be. He should be happy and fun. Like, I'm not saying he can't be brooding and whatever like he has been in the last few movies, but I feel like it's about time we get a, a happy-go-lucky Superman who can um, be someone you look up to and aspire to be, not just someone who's sort of seems like he's upset about being Superman. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What's what's wrong with just having a, a hopeful, lovely mm. man <laughs> yeah, exactly. as a hero? Nothing wrong with it. And he does that in this episode, doesn't he? He's a hopeful figure for Martian Manhunter. In a way, yeah. Mm. yeah. 
He shows Martian Manhunt the joys of uh, being together with family on Christmas, pretty much. Yep. And, um, yeah, I love <laughs> There's also another part where Pa Ken yells that he's about to turn the tree on. <laughs> so everybody's like, Dad, that's my job. <laughs> it's great because it's, it's, it's such a funny concept. It's not something you see, something you see. In lots of movies, like, you know, kids go home to their adult kids go home and they're just, like, little kids again with their parents. Yeah. But it's Superman, so it's even funnier that he yeah. would still do that because he's pure of heart. Yeah, he is. He is. And I love that about him. But, um, but Martian hasn't... He's not having a good time when he first gets there because he doesn't feel like he's part of the family or part of Christmas, right? I just don't think he understands it yet is the main thing. He's mm. a little bit confused, really. Because he even says to Superman, he's like, it's, it's strange to see you acting this way, Superman. Yeah, because he's like, you're a, a defender of the earth, protector, and now you're worried about putting lights on the tree. Like, what are you doing, yeah. mate? Yeah. But, yeah, Superman's just like, well, that's why I love coming home for the holidays, mate. I get to mm. be myself. Mm. It's just beautiful. And it's because so. it's, it's like, they, they're both heroes, but they're kind of like work colleagues as well, aren't they? <laughs> that yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, he's Marshall Manhunter, he has, he has a little arc on his own. He, mm. um he basically just uh, goes around walking around Smallville um, and just by being around the people of Smallville, seeing all the Christmas cheer around him, um, he just finally understands the joy of Christmas by the end of the episode. He really does. And I was a bit worried when um, I see him walking around town then he hears little girls like thoughts. I'm, I'm guessing he can hear her thoughts, right? Yeah, yeah, he's... Um telekinetic in a way yeah. that's it and she's like oh I, I do believe in santa he'll he'll turn up this year and martian's like all right i was like mm, okay mate don't don't go too far here but he does he pulls back he does the right thing he um he walks on her roof so she can hear santa yeah and then he just puts his hand down the chimney and takes a few cookies yeah loves them i was a bit worried he was gonna like just walk in and pretend to be santa i'm like no no too far but he did it right yeah yeah perfectly he did it right and he's very lucky that the fireplace wasn't had no fire in it, right? Because he's <laughs> that's his one, one weakness is fire. So good thing he checked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's yeah. I never even thought of that before. <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> but it's good. He he really understood Christmas after that. And at first, yeah. it's really you can see it really clearly when he gets there. He's doesn't feel right, and he he knows he doesn't belong because the cat um, yells at him, like kisses at him. And then by the end of the episode, he's um he's worked out. Christmas is about family and joy and magic, and he's got the the cat in his lap, yeah, having a little purr. The cat. Yeah. And he's singing, Dylan. He's singing because, uh, yeah, early in the episode, uh, Ma and Pa they give him a gift, a little sweater. He's Great. like, I didn't bring anything for you. And then mm-hmm. at the end, he's singing, and then Superman's like, and he said he didn't bring a gift. That that line and the line from uh, Ultra Humanoid about the um, bringing culture is like that shouldn't exist in a kids' TV show. Like it's. <laughs> you in know what I mean? Way, though. Yeah, no, great. It's just some kids' TV shows wouldn't um, put the effort into creating such an interesting story and having such killer lines. And this, they've obviously they've done their homework and they've really put lots of effort in. It's brilliant. Yeah, no, I love it. Great episode. Great episode. Thank you very much for bringing it into my life, Dylan. <laughs> You're welcome, Lonnie. You just have to watch the whole series. I'll have to. You have to. It's not streaming anywhere. But uh, I'm get, it might be streaming maybe on some sort of DC platform in the future or wherever DC things end up, maybe? Yeah, possibly. They seem to be in a bit of a limbo now in Australia. Mm. But anyway, we'll get there one day. We'll get there one day. Otherwise, I might get the DVD somehow. Oh, that might be easier. Go old school. Yeah. But anyway, that's my episode. What would you rate it out of 10, Lonnie? Oof. I'm going to give it... Uh, 
eight. Ooh, okay. I'll give it a nine. Give it a nine. Is it for the hot girl stuff? Yeah, pretty yeah, much. Pretty yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but, um, yeah, pretty killer though. And that the Superman storyline is... I'd love to see that on in a movie one day. That could be oh, cool. Oh, it'd be brilliant. Yeah. Anyway, Lonnie, what do you got for well, me? Well, I've got a little thing called Community, Dylan. And as it happens, you've just started watching Community, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, coincidentally. Yeah. Because um, you messaged me and you said, have you seen Community at all? And mm. I basically just watched the first episode the <laughs> night before. <laughs> That's pretty weird. Yeah. We're, our minds are melding in this um, podcast that we're doing. Oh, I'm fine with it. Yeah, may as well. Yeah. Uh, Community's a big show in my life. Really okay. like it. I was a huge fan of it back in the day. Um, and I don't know, you don't... I guess you know a bit about the, how it happens and Dan Harmon, the creator, was sacked and then he came back and a bit of hoo-ha happens in the last couple of seasons. But these um, first three seasons are killer pretty much all the way through. Okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, I didn't. I haven't heard much to do with Dan Harmon. I've heard mm. a lot about Chevy Chase and how he had oh, yeah. lots of issues. <laughs> he's, he's Chevy. He's... I, I love him in some ways and I, I realise how difficult he was to work with from all accounts. So It's weird. I mean, I don't know if you can tell at later seasons, but from what I've watched so far, which is basically half of season one and those two episodes mm. we watched together, you can't tell. He's miserable. He, he's great. He's funny. He is funny. And for all his faults, he's a, a comedic actor. Like, he can really pull it off. Oh, he's one of the greats, yeah. And um, I think just... As can happen as you get older and you're not the star of the show, which I think he thought he should have been, potentially. Mm, it's, yeah, sure. lots of stuff going on there. Um, and egos behind the scenes. I don't think... I think lots of flawed people work on this show, like every show, but um, mm. they still provide us with hours and hours of entertainment. And a community. It's not just a community oh. on the TV show and the characters. It's the community of the fans and people you watch it with, Dylan. I like that, Lonnie. Thank you. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Uh, so, I really want to talk about episode, well, the third Christmas special, but I guess we can talk about the first three because we've both watched them. Yeah, so we watched um, 
the season two and season three one together and I had already watched the season one one. And I, I watched that again in um, preparation for this because I've, I've watched Community lots, the first three seasons at least, I've watched them a couple times through, but not in um, recent years. Oh, yeah. And I, so I was like, oh, I want to talk about yeah, one, two and three, but I'll watch number one just to remind myself, you know, may as well. And I was surprised how good it was. So it's season one, uh, episode 12, it's called Comparative Religion. And I'm glad that you watched this um, in context because watching the next two out of context is, is probably a bit weird because the show really does take a bit of a turn after <laughs> season one becomes full on parody fantasy satire of um pop culture back then in season one it was still pretty much a sitcom yeah it was um pretty much normal everyday stuff i mean i think the weirdest thing i've seen at that point was the the greendale human being <laughs> <laughs> which i love it's funny uh, it is good stuff isn't it yeah. <laughs> um and i'm you know in my mind i was thinking so the yeah, season two christmas special is when they're stop motion brilliant i love the glee um, aspects of um, season three season one i think it's just jeff having a fight it's not as interesting but i watched it it was yeah, really it's solid it's just jeff getting bullied but yeah <laughs> still good stuff and you know it's a quote-unquote sitcom oh yeah <laughs> but still it's really every line is is funny there's the um things that happen they come back there's callbacks to earlier in the episode it just really satisfying all the way through so um some things i liked about it Dylan, i'm going to take you through that's right okay and okay. and pipe up whatever you want. Okay, fair enough. I will do what I can, Lonnie. Thank you very much. <laughs> First thing I love, and it's in this episode, it's throughout the whole series, but especially these Christmas episodes, is the Dean trying to be politically correct and kind of <laughs> trying too hard. Yeah, try so hard that he ends up not being politically correct. That's right. So in, in context, this is, this is made sort of... Uh, 2009-10 era so we're you know in, in America Obama's there everyone thinks we're post-racism everything's fine everyone's tolerant mm. but they're trying so hard to be tolerant they end up just being weird about it <laughs> <laughs> and by trying to include everyone they're sort of putting everyone offside yeah because obviously I don't think anyone really gets mad if you say Merry Christmas like let's face it it's not Christmas is one of the dominant features of our society you know western society that is yeah I'm, i've never come across someone that's like how dare you and if any <laughs> exactly and if anything by including like saying happy hanukkah or talking about other religions um and their their faith um like their holidays like that's mm. cool like that doesn't take away from christmas just and adds more to it exactly and the thing about christmas is that obviously there is the christ element of it and fair enough that's that's part of the story but there's everything else around Christmas. It's basically a, a holiday for everyone. Yeah. It's a secular holiday with Santa and gift giving and all that sort of, and having a big, big party. Like, yes, it's come. It's got Christian origins and elements. But the Christmas that everyone can be a part of is for everyone. So it shouldn't be shouldn't matter if you say Merry Christmas. Yeah, I think people, when people celebrate Christmas nowadays, they don't even take Jesus into account hardly. Pretty much, hey. And if you are a Christian. Fair enough. That, that's that's part you of your get story. More out of it. Yeah, you. totally. But everyone else can also be part of it. And um, I even got a, we've got a friend who was not religious, and I remember him saying that. Um, well, actually, he's a bit like our friend Troy. He's a Jehovah's Witness, and so he, oh, no. so he couldn't celebrate it. But he told me his family were um, because it was a holiday for the whole of society. Everyone's off work, and 
everyone was around, they would have their own sort of celebration anyway. They get together. So in that way, they're almost kind of having a Christmas without having Christmas, which is pretty cool. Anyway, back to the show. <laughs> I love Mr. Winter. <laughs> oh, God. Don't you just love him, Dylan? Sure, yeah. <laughs> um, so this whole show, and as I said, it's about forming your own family. And this episode is particularly difficult because they're coming... They've come together as a sort of study group a few months ago and yeah. now it's their first sort of big holiday because there's a Halloween, but that's, again, it's more of a party. Yeah. There's not the elements of a family and Shirley's trying so hard to make these people she's kind of you know, just friends with into her family, almost forcing them into these family roles and they're kind of like, oh, do we have to wear your bracelets? Yeah. <laughs> do we have to have your Christmas lunch that you put on just because you want us to? Yeah. Just fair point. And it's, it's, it's true because they're not trying to offend her, but she's not taking into account what they're up to. And there's that yeah. cool scene where they go around and talk about what their actual religions are. Um, and, and obviously they're deliberately multicultural with different races and faiths in this group. But it, it, that's, you know, that's America. That's the world. There's gonna, not everyone has the exact same thoughts and feelings about things. Yeah, it's a melting pot. Totally. And I love the What Would Baby Jesus Do bracelets. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised you all people do, but, you know. <laughs> well, what I love about them is that it's there as a sort of token and a motif for Jeff. Um, he puts it on, doesn't really want to, but then when he puts his fists up towards the end when he's about to fight, he's like, oh, sees the, the bracelet. Yeah. He's like, no, Shirley wouldn't want me to fight. That is a good meet. Yeah, I like that moment. It's a little joke at the beginning, which you don't really think is going to lead anywhere, the bracelets, and then it does. So that's what I like about it in particular. Yeah, fair point. Callback. Always good. And it's and it's so good when, when Shirley's there and she says, yeah, kick his ass. <laughs> yeah, once he gets his face beaten. <laughs> <laughs> um, and as someone who, who's worked at universities for a long time it, and used to work in student misconduct of all places, if there's a brawl like this on campus, everyone's getting in trouble. There are going to be suspensions. <laughs> oh, of course. <laughs> but in this episode, it doesn't really matter. And I guess they've got the Dean on their side, but come on. <laughs> they should all be expelled probably. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. Um, did you recognise the bully? No, I didn't. What's he from? Lonnie? His name is Anthony Michael Hall, and he was the nerd in Breakfast Club. Oh, really? Yeah, and, if, and, if, and lots of the other John Hughes films. <laughs> oh, that's, that makes it so much better. It does make oh, it better. And that's he, funny. He was also Chevy Chase's son in the first National Lampoon, I'm pretty sure. So a bit of a, um, bit of a callback there. It was actually a line in the episode about something about, oh, don't you hate these um, nerds who grow up to be bullies? Like, it's a reference, obviously, him yeah. now being a big bully. And he was also the TV news anchor in the Dark Knight movie. Oh, really? Yeah. So he's um, really different to what you would expect and remember from the 80s John Hughes yeah, films. He, he changed mm. a lot. He's hardly recognisable. Exactly. But good effort. Yeah, good on you. He also comes back in a later episode, which you haven't seen yet. So, you know. Keep that no bit of sizzle well, for you. I kept watching the last one I watched was the Jack Black episode. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Now, thank you very much for watching the season two and season three Christmas episodes, Dylan, because oh, of course. it's um it's it's tough watching things out of order. I'm not a huge fan of it myself. Um, but I'm glad you did it. And no, you didn't I'm guessing you didn't miss much because it's pretty much Christmas episodes like yeah, they they don't really you haven't spoiled the whole plot or anything. No, no, it's yeah, I didn't really feel out of uh, 
out of order or anything like that. Okay. There wasn't particularly sticking out to me. So it was that's, all good. that's wonderful. What were your thoughts on season two, episode eleven, Ibed's uncontrollable Christmas? Well, I'll say it while we're on it. Hmm. Uh, of the three we watched, it's my personal favourite. I, hmm. I thought it was the best one. Some people say it's the best episode of the whole show. I could see that. I could definitely mm-hmm. see that. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, obviously, just the charm of it being in stop motion the whole time is yeah. beautiful. Um, I just really liked the the message at the end that the meaning of Christmas can mean different things for different people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's a really good message for that one. It's so true. And I, I always liked that line from um, Annie and Britta where they talk about you know, Christmas being a shared delusion, this idea that the darkest, longest nights can be the happiest and warmest. Um, and that's the thing. Christmas... It exists because of what we do with it and because we all go along with it. It's not like a naturally occurring phenomenon. It's something that we have to work on and do, and, and, and it's real and magical because we all believe in it, you know? Well, that's true. That's a fair point. We all put effort into it. Christmas is in all of us, Dylan. It is. It's in you and me. It's in everyone. It is. And that's exactly what I was going to say about the meaning of Christmas being what you ascribe to it. And that's just a great idea. So for these people, well, for everyone, it can mean family or it can mean friends like this community they've, they've brought together upon themselves in, in community. And for Arbet, it used to mean being with his mum, but not anymore. Sadly. Yeah. Mm. That's a little bit of the, uh, the heart sucker punch for this episode. It is. And that's the thing. It doesn't um, avoid, the show never avoids the, those sucker punches. And sometimes it can be a bit cheesy and cloying, but on the whole, I think it works well in this episode because it's structured around this really <laughs> cool adventure story, a bit of a Polar Express, <laughs> Willy Wonka, uh, you know, those stop-motion animated um, Christmas specials from the 70s and 80s. It's all thrown in there together. But underneath it all, it's this this story about Arbed, which is a great idea. Yeah, and how he's psychologically damaged from his mum banning yeah. him on Christmas. Mm. But, you know... And if there's one thing I think we can all agree about Christmas, that it's about spreading love, you know? Absolutely. And, and that's what this community is about. Yeah. Um, fun fact about the episode, uh, Dan Harmon and Dino uh, Stematopoulos, who you might know as Starburns in the show. Have no. you come across Starburns yet? I don't think so. Oh, okay. No. Well, he's a minor character in the show and also he's a writer and friend of Dan Harmon's. He works on this. He's a consultant for community. Oh, yeah. They um, co-founded a production company called Starburns Industries mm-hmm. for this episode for the stop motion elements because obviously had, they couldn't just do that in-house for um, on the network. Oh, you're right. Okay. Yeah. And that um, company went on to, they now create Rick and Morty. They're part of that, obviously, with Dan Harmon. Oh. And they also worked on Anomalisa. Have you seen that? It's a Charlie Kaufman stop motion movie. What's it called? Anomalisa. No, I haven't even heard of it. Well, it's it's really good. It's, again, it's it's adult animation and quite uh, it's Charlie Kaufman, so it's pretty weird and pretty emotional. Fair enough. But um, pretty cool. All started for this episode. Okay, that's that's all good. Yeah, there's um not much else to say about it that apart from the fact that it's brilliant. And as a House of Geekery, a website I looked up, some so so seeing some sort of retrospective reviews of this, they say. They never pull back on the sitcom comedy to make room for the Christmas material and vice versa. So it's not just a good Christmas episode, it's a good episode of Community. Yeah, no, fair point, I can see that. And the characters as well, they all feel very true even though they're you know, being voiced in stop motion. <laughs> like, yeah. I think some shows, or you could do this in a way where 
it doesn't feel like it's still an episode of the show or the main show. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It um, could just be them in a fantasy world and they're running around doing Christmassy things when not really connected to anything that's come before or, or will go on to happen. But this episode does that, so. So it gets a thumbs up, Lonnie. Thumbs up from you and from me. What would you rate it out of 10? Oof. I'm going to give it... Um, I'm going to give it 10. I like it. I, I, why not, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, fair enough, I guess. Um... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm racking my brain. I can't, I can't think of anything I didn't like about it, so I'll give it a mm. ten as well. Yeah, right, right on. Now, the one I really wanted you to watch was um, season three. <laughs> yes, episode yes. ten, regional holiday music. Yes, yes, the main one we're focusing on. <laughs> what are your thoughts on this episode, straight up, Dylan? Uh, off the bat, I liked it. Mm-hmm. I liked it. Uh, as I said, I preferred. Abed's uncontrollable Christmas more just because that has more of a Christmas message. Um, this this kind of feels more like a like a Batman Returns kind of situation where it's set around Christmas but it's not about Christmas. If you know what I mean. I know what you mean, and that's yeah. that's a it's a fair point. It's a it's more of a Glee episode if <laughs> Christmas happens to be yeah. taking place around Christmas. Yeah, basically, uh, arguably funnier, um, but yeah, the other one just had more heart. In it. I think that's that's a good summation, Dylan. Nice. I was wondering um, if people who watch this now without having ever seen Glee or, you know, knowing anything about Glee, will they get it? <laughs> I mean, I I had only watched, like, the first season of Glee, like when it first came out on TV mm-hmm. with my mum, uh, <laughs> and I hardly got it, so... <laughs> well, I think it's because I've, I've seen bits and pieces of Glee. I'm not a huge Glee head, um, yeah. but... I can get what they're getting at without knowing the um, the, the specific parody points that they're getting at. So, I th- but I think maybe in five or ten years, people will be like, "What, what, what is was? This? What is Glee? What what were you talking about?" <laughs> like at least I was around in the pop culture. But having yeah. said that, the last episode parodies those um, you know, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer stop-motion animated things, and I've not seen many of them. So, like maybe you just get it because it's a good episode. But you still get the charm of it though, just in the fact that it's a. Uh... A completely different medium, though. Exactly, and it's um. Well, I find this episode, the Glee episode, is a real time capsule because it's. Oh yeah. Couldn't have been if you made it today. People are like, we're talking about Glee's old <laughs> and forgotten about. So I don't know. Yeah, and it kind of, it was kind of flash in the pan, to be honest. Mm. It came out big when it first came out. Yeah. And it just kind of dwindled off, didn't it? And especially now when they've some of the behind the scenes things that have are coming out about what was going on and. Didn't didn't want to let people died like it's it's, yeah Jesus it's not um that main guy died didn't he yeah so tough times anyway (laughs) I like this episode and one thing I like about the Glee ness was the acapella audio transitions did you pick up on them no what do you mean so from scene to scene they'd have little audio transitions and it's the acapella sort of bup bup bups from from Glee and the thing I liked especially if you watch it again you might get it but when um we we get a hint that maybe um mr radisson Corey, mr rad <laughs> mr rad don't call him call don't call him that for dinner whatever you do oh i won't i promise <laughs> uh, well we get a hint that he maybe has something else going on under the surface the audio transitions got a bit suspenseful as well it's just a nice little touch that again you don't have to do that you, the, the show will be fine without that little joke but it's so much better for having it yeah fair enough yeah i get that um, 
So I'm not sure we really explained these episodes at all. We just sort of talked about them. <laughs> um, but in this episode, we'll talk in detail, um, Arbed is trying to give the group a, a fun activity. So in the first Christmas uh, episode, it's all about Shirley's throwing a Christmas party and the, the friends aren't so keen. And then mm. she sort of bans Jeff from fighting this bully who's been harassing them. Yeah. They end up fighting and have Christmas anyway. So it's all good. Yeah. Um, Season two, they go on a stop-motion adventure to find the meaning of Christmas because Arbed is having a sort of mental break and seeing them all stop-motion. This episode, Arbed is kind of trying to build on last year where he realised Christmas doesn't have to be what it was when he was a kid. It can be hanging out with these new friends and he wants them to have a sort of fun Christmas adventure because they've had a bit of a weird year. But as Jeff says, um, trying to make things light and happy sometimes gives them a darker edge. Mm. Which works in the episode. I'm not sure. If, is that true in real life, though? No, <laughs> not really. <laughs> it's a good thing for the episode to call back, but in real life, I'm like, well, sometimes you can just have things that are fun and they're fun. Like, yeah. You know, small quibble. Um, so, what happens is the Glee Club <laughs> have themselves gone through a mental episode this, this year because of Jeff, and um, there's a opportunity for them to fill in again. You wouldn't have got the reference to them filling in for the glee club before but i'll let that happen play out for you in, in real time dylan you'll you'll understand that in well, due course all i know is that they died in a bus crash <laughs> which that's not funny but oh it is well, anyway yes um Arbed gets them signs them up to do it to um fill in again and the group are like oh we don't, don't really care it's you know we've got our own stuff going on this year for christmas but um Arbed sort of gets infected with a virus Almost from Doc, uh, from Mr. Rad. Yeah, kind of. A glee <laughs> virus. So he becomes obsessed with Christmas and then he spreads it on to Troy and then the others where they sort of sing a song to each other and all of a sudden they they don't they, they don't just like glee and they want to be part of it. They're obsessed with glee. That's <laughs> all they're getting about. Into regionals. Get into regionals. Um, the others like I think Arbed, maybe because of his um on the spectrumness, he can he's that step removed from it. The others are sort of fully into being glee. He's like, I want to do this for fun for Christmas. I'm not sure I want to do it forever. I just want to have a fun adventure because that's what yeah. they're about in this show. Um, and eventually he finds out that um, the Mr. Rad doesn't want them to do it just for Christmas. He wants them to do it forever. forever. <laughs> not just regionals, but sectionals and then semi-regionals and semi-sectional <laughs> regionals and so on. <laughs> And so Arbed sort of um, spoils it by <laughs> poor Britta, and she gets a bit of a bad run on this show in some ways. Cause Do she's... you like the uh, the Meg of this show? Yeah, pretty much. She's, oh, she no. starts out quite like she's a, a witty repartee with um, Jeff. They're kind of mm. equals and they sort of spar. Yep. But as the show goes on, it's like, oh, Britta's the worst. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's funny. I'm looking forward to that because yeah. she is the worst. Well. I think she gets a bad run. I'm, I'm not saying she's not. She's an interesting she's character. She's not. Well, it is funny when the dean says, "Oh, Brit is in this." <laughs> yeah, that was funny as. That was funny. He's my favourite. The dean. The I dean. The good thing about the dean is he brings like to every line, everything he does is funny. Yeah, every and, single word out of his mouth is a laugh. And like, not saying the other character, other actors, aren't doing a good job on this show, but he just kills it every single time. And even with like. You no, know, just regular unfunny lines. He makes them funny. I don't know how he does it. It's just amazing. 
Yeah, he's great. I love him. Jim Rash, is it? Jim Jim Rash, and he's an Oscar-winning writer. Did you know that? No. What did he win it for? He wrote the um, the Descendants, the oh, the George Clooney movie. Yeah, right. Yeah, okay. back in the day, back when he was on the show, it's crazy oh, with the writing him. partner. Yeah, good on him. He also um he, he's the the Riddler in Carly Quinn. Yeah, t- TV yeah. show, which good is great. Stuff as great. Well. Good stuff. Uh, so yes, the thing of Arbed finds is that trying to force Christmas doesn't really work. And I think that's kind of a callback to Shirley in the first episode. You know, the yeah. first Christmas episode there. You know, you've got this sort of flawed group of individuals and trying to make things happen sometimes can make things worse, uh, worse when really you can just accept each other and, and do what you can for Christmas. Yeah. Um, that's really good. The ending is maybe a bit cheesy. So Ibez realised that Christmas, he's, he's ruined it and he's made a bad call with trying to force them into doing Christmas and so he just goes at home to watch the Inspector Space Time <laughs> holiday special, <laughs> which is... you'll. you'll Understand more of that soon, Dylan. I'm sure, but okay. basically a parody of um, Doctor Who and also the Christmas, the super, the, sorry, the Star Wars <laughs> Christmas special. Oh no! In that in that instance, any others turn up and they sing at his door, and then they come in and they watch, they sit on the couch with him, and it's just like if I had friends and they just turned up at my house and started singing at the door, and then came in still singing. We're not friends anymore. <laughs> But it makes sense for this show and it's it's heartwarming. You don't really... It's one of the things I don't mind at the moment then I think about it afterwards I'm like, that's pretty cheesy, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it also seemed like uh, Chevy Chase was hardly singing at all. Which yeah, he's just turned up and just walking through set probably that day. Kind of mumbled through the the words. You know. um, um, and when he did sing, he, he can't sing. Let's, let's face it. Yeah, so let's talk about the songs. I, I like them all. But then I've, I've read a bit of them and people online seem to think that they weren't that well received by the critics. What do you reckon? Um, yeah, they hit and miss. Oh, mm. like, I love the Troy in our bed one. Mm-hmm. Um, the rap, the Christmas Yeah, you get, get a little bit of Childish Gambino. You do. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I did like that. The the, the Boomer Santa one, I think. <laughs> sure, it's there. <laughs> Very weird. The good thing about that is that they don't give Chevy too much to do. They They... Yeah. Pretty much make it Troy and our bed, and, and Chevy just comes in and ruins it at the end. Yeah. <laughs> this awful scene. But that's Pierce for you, so. Sure, sure. <laughs> um, the Alison Bree one. Okay, let's, let's be careful how we uh, approach this one. Okay. What do you reckon? Do you love it? Um, Alison Bree acting like a sexy minx who is insanely, stupidly oblivious to how Christmas works, Lonnie, mm-hmm. is a kink I never knew I had. <laughs> how many times have you watched it since we, we saw this episode yesterday? Oh, I haven't watched it separately. I, oh. I watched the episode again okay. as a whole. And just really wound that bit a bit, did you? Yeah. Just, uh, <laughs> and it's good that that one... They're sort of having it both ways because they're parodying those sort of Santa baby songs mm-hmm. where women are kind of seen as stupid and and playing up their sexuality, but in like a really immature way. Mm. So they're parodying that, but also they've got Alison Brie in a sexy Santa outfit. So it's kind of impossible that it's not going to be sexy. Yeah, so, of course. <laughs> you know, they're like, we're parodying this, but also we're doing this. <laughs> yeah. So... Yeah, that's a good one. And what I like about all the songs, though, is that they really play on the characters. Sure. So, so 
the way that Arbeg gets in is, is through a fun song and, and it being presented as a parody of Glee. So that's what he would like because he's obsessed with TV and, mm-hmm. and pop culture. And then the rap appeals to the cool aspects of life that um, Troy tries to be part of, even though he's not particularly cool. <laughs> yeah, just thinks he is. Yeah. And then obviously um, the baby boomer Santa is all about how great baby boomers are and Pierce is. And he's like, Thank- you're welcome <laughs> for everything good in the world. <laughs> And then obviously um, they play on the weird sexual chemistry between um, Annie and Jeff with his that song. So, Aww. and let's not forget she's he's supposed to be only like late thirties, early forties, and she's supposed she's to be like nineteen. Like, yeah. So, oh, legal. it's a bit awkward. Yeah. Oh, she's legal. Two consenting adults, Sonny. Well, that's I guess that's the other side of it, but. I don't know if you've come to the episode where they they say Annie's pretty young. We don't try to sexualize her. If I haven't, but I know that means. You know that line, and also yeah. you don't though the show. You you, you pretty much sexualize Annie a lot. <laughs> so it's it's a bit of a minefield, but oh, but it's you know it's kind of tongue in cheek. Like you you know she's not actually eighteen. Oh, I, absolutely, line. and also yeah. and in this episode especially, it's a parody. Like yeah, it it's not um. It's all knowing, I should say. Yeah, yeah. They're doing absolutely. it on purpose. and it's bit, bit of a wink at the camera, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And for a show that is very breaking the fourth wall or very meta, it's, oh, yeah. uh, it, it fits. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we never see how they get Britta or Annie, actually, that I think about it. Annie gets her own song. We don't see how they get her in. And, <laughs> and Britta doesn't even get that. Britta's only singing and dancing as the awful <laughs> song at the end. <laughs> that was funny, though. It was funny, and it's a, it's a you know every line is 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 quotable and funny. The line from the dean saying, "Greendale's an all, all inclusive school. Let's let Britta sing her awkward song." <laughs> always gets me. But I think my favourite line is when they've said no to Corey, and then he's said, "Okay, that's fine," and leaves the room. They've like turned him down. He's offered to rejoin Glee Club, and yeah. then the dean <laughs> runs past and says, "Don't you hurt him." <laughs> like, and it's even funny when it turns out that he's actually the one who killed the previous Glee Club. Uh, yeah, took a bit of a turn. Uh, and there's a line there, which I never realised. I just thought it was funny, a sort of non sequitur, the line about, oh, look, it's Kings of Leon, and he runs off. Oh, yeah, it's even funnier now that we're so far removed from Kings of Leon. <laughs> well, that is funny. But also, apparently, the uh, Kings of Leon band got into a bit of a fight with the Glee creators because they wouldn't let Glee use oh, their songs. Oh, okay. And there was a bit of argy-bargy in the press about that, and so that's a reference to that. That's why they're name-dropped. So. Fair enough. Yeah. Again, I think it's, as you said, it's not particularly Christmassy, um, but it, it does draw that line. It sort of bridges that gap, I think someone said online, about the uh, being a parody episode and also being an episode of Community. Yeah. And the characters all stay true to themselves. And um, the Christmas is there enough, I think, to, to make it a good Christmas episode. Yeah. But if you're going for the, the best Christmassy, spirity, heartwarming episode, you're going to go season two for sure. Yeah, absolutely. As I said, that Batman returns it. <laughs> they did. <laughs> Overall, I'm very thankful watching this again. Just like, you know, all these people, great and flawed people, spend so much time you know, in love and, and money and all that, making a truly wonderful episode of TV, you know, three times and for pretty much six seasons. It's um, 
you know, no one has to make TV and no one has to make it good. And so it's it's really great when you see people who care about it, the show, and care about making a good good story. It's, it's really good. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, Christmas spirit, Dylan. Get into it. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> well, and watching this again, I'm not sure what it's like when you watch Justice League again, but this brought me right back to where I was when I first watched the episodes. Like, took me right back and... Yeah. And as you're watching it, you sort of remember how it's what's happening. It's just, it's really cool. Yeah, basically, yeah. I, I love it. As I said, because um, I did my notes on it basically last week, mm-hmm. and I just watched it twice in a row because it's great stuff. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> um, I'm looking at my notes. I didn't get to my notes about Justice League. Have I got anything else I want to say? Yes, I do. <laughs> okay. All right. First of all, I reckon the animation style of... Um, Justice League is, is peak TV cartoon. What do you reckon? It's definitely up there. I think that's uh, where Bruce Tim and his team hit their stride pretty and much. Have you seen like recent cartoons where it's all like CGI nonsense? Yeah, like um, like that Green Lantern show. and mm, uh, Some of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle ones I've seen clips of. I'm like, oh, I don't like this. And Beware the Batman, I think, was also yeah. CGI. Yeah. No, this is good stuff. It is, but... I can understand why they do it. CG's much mm, cheaper. You yes. can just create a model and then you can just use that model for the rest of the show pretty much. Yeah, it's a bit easier. Whereas you have to freshly draw every frame. <laughs> yeah, a bit time-consuming, but worth it. Absolutely. Um, I'll give you one more thing about Justice League. Here's okay. my impression, Dylan. Okay. My impression of how they designed the characters. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> at the time. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Um, hello, Mr. Creators of the show. Bruce Tim. I've, I've got the Mr. Bruce Tim. I have the designs you asked for. No, it's me being Bruce Tim now. Okay. Okay. How are the shoulders? Yep. Okay. The, the shoulders are really large. Like he said, they're really large. Larger. Bigger. Broader. They need to be as broad as three men. Oh, come on now. They're big shoulders, that's all. They are. It's, yeah, it's a design choice. <laughs> It's all good. It's all right. It works. It works for the show. It's kind of a carry-on from Superman, the animated series. Yeah, he's a large boy in that, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, any last thoughts on Community? Uh, I'm enjoying it so far. Okay. I like it. This has inspired me to go back and watch it, I reckon. Oh, okay. So, Merry Christmas to me. <laughs> he gets another round of Community. <laughs> all right, Dylan, have you got any Christmas plans yet? Uh, no, just going down to the, the, the rentals. As oh, yeah. They say oh, yeah. That's what they call them. And, uh, yeah, spending Christmas with them, I think. Yeah, good. I think I'm doing something pretty similar. So, I wish I was doing it with, with, um, Superman. Oh, don't we all? Funny oath. And Let's skip family Christmas in a minute. Spend <laughs> it with Superman and his parents at his house. I hope they realise that. Oh, of course. They'd understand. They'd probably do the same thing, would they? Oh, maybe. <laughs> maybe not. Okay. Well, that has been I Miss You Man Christmas Special 2020. Oi. We um, hope all our listeners have a very good Christmas this year. Or we'll have a very good Christmas whenever you're listening to it. Will. Yeah. <laughs> hey, <laughs> little shout out to our number one listener, Will. Willie. Willie Billy. Hey, hey, hey. Willie. Yeah, good on you, mate. Thanks for listening. Um, And thank you, everyone else who's been listening and subscribing and leaving a review and telling all their friends about the episode. Because we know you are. Yes. Um, We love you. And Merry Christmas.
Merry Christmas, everyone. Miss you, man. I miss you, man. I have an idea, actually, Dylan. I don't know if I can put this in or not. Okay. But where we could, where we could make up a, a new theme song. Have you, you know, like you know, at the end of the season three episode where they have the the bell song. Sure. Yeah. Miss, miss you, miss you, 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 man, miss you, miss you, man, miss you, miss you, man, miss you, miss you, man. I miss you, miss you, miss you, miss you, man, man. Don't put that in. No, I probably shouldn't, eh? Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.